What a great statement, series of statements, great songs. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, tech team. As I was talking to the kids this morning about all the work that people do, all the work that they do, thank you for all the work that all of you do in various ways here through the ministries of Midway Community Church. There's a lot of work that goes on to every single thing uh, that we do, and uh, we're so thankful for the opportunity to do it. And this morning on uh, Labor Day weekend, Labor Day Sunday, I want us to take this opportunity before I get into the word, which is in Colossians chapter 3 this morning, you can start turning there, Colossians chapter 3. Before we look at this passage, I want us to take this opportunity uh, to pray for our country. Um, Labor Day reminds us of a lot of things related to our country, a lot of things related to our history. Um, It reminds us that our country is better today in many ways than it was um, in years gone by. Um, when you think about some of the reasons that we have um, labor unions and things like that, which are, which are divisive institutions in people's minds and all those kind of things, but when you think about the reason that we have these things, it's because there have been times in our country when we were doing some, when I say we, I'm not including myself, okay, because I wasn't born yet, all right, but we as a country were allowing all kinds of terrible things to go on labor-wise, job-wise. I didn't talk to the kids this morning because I knew they were still going to be in here this morning, so I know you're paying attention, kids. Um, there, there, was a, there was a time in our country when eight, nine, ten-year-old kids were working 10- and 12-hour shifts in factories and mines and mills. And we think, no way, but it really happened. It really happened. And so there was, there was a time in our country when a lot of people worked for nothing. They were slaves. That was a bad, a bad time of labor in our country. And, and there are lots of, lots of, it's still not perfect. And that's what we're going to pray this morning. There's a lot still to be done. In the, in the workforce, in the, in the workplace today, the, the culture war is, is waging strongly. And so we, pray, we want to pray. Praise God that things get better with freedom with the opportunities to vote, with the opportunities to speak, with the opportunities to pray like we do, things can get better. And things have gotten better in our country, and we're looking forward to things getting better in our country again. But we have the opportunity not only to make a difference in our workplaces, in the, opportunity, in the, in the roles that we play in those places, but also, and more importantly, we have an opportunity to make a difference by praying. So we're going to pause just for a moment and pray for our country as we celebrate this Labor Day. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the United States of America. You answered many prayers when you allowed this nation uh, to be formed. You answered many prayers that even the Apostle Paul started praying and teaching to be prayed when he wrote to Timothy about praying for kings and all those in authority, that they would allow people like us to worship you and to pray to you and to spread the news about you without persecution. So we thank you that we've been able to do that all these years in the United States and that we're continuing to do it today. We thank you for that. And we take advantage now of this privilege, of this freedom to pray for our country on Labor Day. We've made great strides, great progress in labor in our country over the years. 
And we're very thankful for that. We're, we're thankful for, for safer working conditions. We're thankful that little children aren't being required to work. And we're thankful that we have the opportunities to change jobs if we want, to leave a job and to start a new one. We're, we're thankful for the opportunity to, to start companies if we, if we want. We're thankful for all those freedoms. But Father, you know what's going on in our country right now. More than any of us do, you know what's going on. And you know the struggles, the the trials that we're facing, the difficulties that we're facing as a country and as it relates to work in the workplace. You know the the training that that so many employees are receiving uh, about things that, that aren't true or about things that are being manipulated and changed. We know that's also trickling down and in, in, in being promoted in our schools. And so we pray during this time of, of, of intellectual um, warfare uh, that you would help sound reason um, prevail. That people would, would return in our country to the concept of an absolute truth, an absolute standard of truth. And, and, and something that we can use to, to measure everything by. And so we thank you that we have the privilege this morning of, of praying to you for, for our country and for our leaders. Father, we pray for our president and vice president, their cabinet. We pray for both houses of Congress. We pray for our Supreme Court. We pray for in Georgia here. We pray for our governor and our, our houses here in Georgia as well. You know the, the, the trials that our leaders are under right now, the, the decisions that are having to be made. And we pray that you would give them wisdom, give them insight. Help them listen to the right people who are giving them advice. That they might recognize what their role is under you and that they are under you. Help them to remember that. And we pray, Father, that you would uh, grow our country in a way that you would bring us in, a, in the direction that you want us to go and that many people, even during these tumultuous times, that many people would come to faith in Jesus Christ. And as a result, their minds would start to be renewed and they can start thinking clearly again and when we can start having discussions and debates and communication can, can thrive because we're all operating on the same page. We're all using the same definitions of the same words. And Father, we just pray that you would do that, not only to help our country, but most of all, that you would be glorified because more and more people would be bringing you glory. More and more people would be speaking of your greatness because you are worthy of all praise and honor and glory. And we thank you that we know that. We thank you that we can use our lips, that we can use our voices, that we can use the breath that you've given us to praise your name. And we pray that many, many more in the United States would be praising you. And we pray that you would use us and other believers like us to be strong witnesses for you to that end. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you take your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 3, I want us to look again, and we do this from time to time on Labor Day weekend, because this is a critical passage that relates to all of us all the time. Even though it's a very specific group of people that this particular um, passage is written to originally, It relates to all of us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Colossae. And at that time in in world history, in Roman history, slavery existed in the Roman Empire. And 
Slaves, as they have in many places, slaves were coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And here's what the Apostle Paul had to write, had to say to the slaves in Colossae. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide, for, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Yuck. What, what an awful circumstance. We hate to even think about it. And I'm so glad that right now in the United States, nothing like this is legal. But we do know that stuff like this still goes on illegally in our country and around the world and other places legally. And it's an awful, awful situation. But the reason I wanted to bring it up this morning because it is because it relates to work. It relates to our attitude toward work. And we will never, Lord willing, we hope and pray, we will never find ourselves as literal slaves. But we can learn something from those who were in that condition. And from the teaching, the admonition, the instruction, the commands that the Apostle Paul, again, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, this wasn't just Paul's opinion. This is what God wanted these slaves to do. We can learn something from them. We can learn something from these words, which will help us in our own attitudes toward work. Now, remember this. With the exception of children obeying their parents. You hear that, kids? I know you're in here. You hear that? With the exception of children obeying your parents, you guys cannot change jobs okay you're stuck with your bosses all right your parents and make the most of it all right so pay attention to this stuff because this is for you but other than that the rest of us whatever our job might be we can change it and that's and that's a great freedom that we have even even our volunteer work even our even our work within the church we can change it you know Somebody gets tired of changing diapers and tired of being the on-call sub every single week for eight straight weeks. And you think, does that happen? Maybe not eight straight weeks. Has it ever happened eight straight, Dan? Okay, good. I say that. There's always, there's always ways, to, you know, you can always volunteer to help that not happen. But you can change. Lots of us within the, within the, 
the opportunities here in, in your different sports leagues and your different drama groups and all the different kinds of things that we do serving our kids and school groups and all those kind of things and other volunteer organizations, we can, you can change. We have that opportunity. So praise the Lord for that. But we're, while we're working at whatever we're working at, for your profession, being paid for it, volunteering, not being paid for it, whatever the case may be, we can learn from this what, how God views our work. And this also includes, as I was talking to the kids this morning, I hope you're hearing that, it, it also includes our housework, our homework, things, th- things that are going on within our households. All this applies. Did you see the attitude that the Apostle Paul wanted the slaves to have toward their work? He didn't want them to mope, thinking, this is terrible. Why am I stuck with it? He didn't want them to spend their time doing that. He wanted to spend their time recognizing that they were not just serving these masters, or they weren't just serving this boss, or this company, or this organization that you're volunteering with, or this school that you're... He wanted these slaves to remember that their main focus should be on who they're really serving. You're not just serving those masters. Don't just do a good job when the master is watching you or when the boss is watching you or kids when your parents are watching you. Don't just do a good job then. Remember that the Lord is always watching you and he cares about you. And this passage also reinforces what we've talked about many times. He's going to reward you for the work that you're doing right now. We have to get that through our heads. What we're doing now impacts how God is going to reward us for eternity. Including on the job. Including at home. Including at church. Whatever work and jobs that we do, he cares about those things and wants us to work at it as if we're serving him. Because it's not as if. We are. We're literally serving him. I'll use the praise team as an example because they were in front of us um, earlier this morning and, and will be again in a minute. They're in here Thursday night, practicing away, working hard at it. And then they came this morning and led us in, the, in these songs of praise. And, and it, it really, it didn't seem like it was that hard for them, did you think? I mean, it, was, it sounded great. But it didn't look like they were working that hard at it. But they were. The work, the work had already gone in, and it wasn't just on Thursday night. As some of the kids would testify, as I mentioned it this morning, they would tell you, their, their moms are singing these songs all the time at home. It's driving them crazy. Or their dads are practicing the drums, you know, when I'm trying to go to sleep. Or, on, you know, on and on it goes. They work hard at it. Not just when our eyes are on them. Our, our goal, our prayer for this praise team is that they're not here playing and singing for us. But they're literally playing and singing for the Lord Jesus Christ and just letting us listen in to lead us to do the same thing so that none of us are focused on ourselves, but we're focused on the one who's listening to what we're saying because we're singing to him. That's the goal. They're a great example of the way that we're supposed to be. Now, do we know that? No, we can't see their hearts. But knowing them as we do, we think that's the case. I'm, I am so thankful that I 
can recommend our church worship service to people because I know when they come and, and, and are led in, in worship by our praise team, they're being led by people who really believe it and who really live in it. Not perfect. I know that because I live with one of them. Not perfect. I was just kidding, Sherry. They're not perfect, but they're real. What they're singing, they're really trying to live and encouraging us to do the same thing. But as they're singing, they're doing it. And they're, as they're playing, they're doing it unto the Lord because he is the audience. We play for, we work for an audience of one. No matter what we do. And when we do it that way, when that's our goal, and, and, and listen, this is not easy to, to do this. To figure out how to, how to serve the Lord in every aspect of our lives, in all the work that we do, this is a difficult process. This requires a lot, of, a lot of help from his word, a lot of help from our brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's one of the great things about a local church. We get a lot of people to get a lot of ideas from on how they're doing it. One of the reasons that we encourage everybody to be a part of one of our um, smaller Bible studies. So you, so you actually get to know some other people who are going through some of the same stuff that you're going through. We're, we're so glad when you come and, and are part of the worship service. But we hope that you'll take it even further and come to one of the smaller Bible studies throughout on Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoon or, or through the week different times. So you get to know some people because that's part of the process of what God does in a local church is he helps us grow in everything that we do by getting encouragement from others within the body who are going through similar things or have gone through similar things in the past. There's a a wealth of experience sitting around you in this room right now. You don't get to take full advantage of it in this context, but getting to know each other provides you that opportunity. So I encourage you, continue to encourage you, be a part of people's lives within this body, not just to encourage them, but also to be encouraged yourselves. It's a mutual thing that we do together. And it's what the, the world that we're living in, the workplace that we're working in, even the volunteer structures that we're working within, they're difficult today. This is a hard time to work. It's a very difficult time within our country's history, within our culture right now. And we need to see ourselves as servants of Christ in those places. Because we're not working just for the man, as they say. We're not just working for the company. We're not just working for the boss. We're not just working for the paycheck. We're working for the Lord himself. And in doing so, we're going to have an influence everywhere that we are because they're going to see the way that we work. They're going to see the way that we act. They're going to hear the way that we talk. And they're going to say, what is wrong with you? How can, how can you, and they'll use the word happy when it actually is probably joy that they're seeing. How can you be happy with this circumstance that we're in right now? And you're not happy with the circumstance that you're in right now, but you're happy in it because you know God has this, you know God has you, 
and they have no concept about what it means to, to, for God to have their lives. I mentioned it last week. I'm, I'm so thankful that I've known the Lord for a long time. But since I've known him for a long time, I sometimes forget, often forget, what life would be like without him. How, you know, when, when I think of how stressed out some of us get sometimes over things, then you think, wait a minute. We, we can always come back after, after just a little bit of time, having our minds renewed by his word, being reminded by a brother or sister in Christ that things are going to be okay because, not because everything's going to be okay, but because God has this. God has a plan for it. God's going to work it out. And even if things don't go the way that we want them to, we know that God, <clears throat> excuse me, God is working in our lives to grow us in him, to make us more like him, and he will accomplish that task. We know that. And so it doesn't take us long, usually, to come out of our stress, to come out of our anxiety and realize, wait a minute, he's promised us peace and he's given us peace. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take advantage of that peace right now. I'm going to cast all my cares upon him because I know he cares for me. I'm going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and his glory, and I'm going to let him then bring all the things that he wants to bring into my life. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on him and, and let him take care of all these other things. And all of a sudden, I have that peace again. We forget there are people that have never experienced that process. We have the opportunity in the workplace, whatever workplace it is. Remember, when I say that, I'm talking about in our homes. I'm talking about at the office, if there's an office. I'm talking about at the, at the convention, if there's a convention. I'm talking about at the, when you're volunteering at the hospital or at the church or wherever it might be. We have an opportunity to live our lives out before fellow workers that they might see what life really is. You know, that was the goal that the Apostle Paul had for these slaves. There were, slave on, there were slaves within the church in Colossae who had unsaved owners. You think, well, you hope all of them were unsaved. But remember, we're not getting into that right now. But there were slaves that had unsaved owners. And you know what the Apostle Paul was encouraging these slaves to do? Be a witness by their work, by their attitude to their owners, that the owners may also put their trust in Christ and have eternal life and spend eternity bringing honor and glory to his name as they were born to do. You think, what a tough call for a slave to have to be concerned about his owner's salvation. But see, we're different. We're different like that. Because of what God has done for us in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we care about people, even slave owners, even bad bosses, even irritating coworkers. And I know irritating is not a strong enough word. But we're, we're different. We care about them. And so we recognize when we walk into that place or into that meeting, whether you're actually walking in or clicking in, we recognize people are watching us. People are listening to us. And even though we're, we're working for an audience of one, 
there's also another audience that's going to benefit from what we do before that audience of one, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. And remember, we're going to see this. Those of us who know Jesus Christ, we're going to see this. Those of us who have put our trust in Jesus Christ have been forgiven of our sins. We're going to spend eternity with him. And we're going to have the opportunities to see the impact, the influence that different ones of us have had in our workplaces. And some of you think, are thinking, well, heaven's going to be hopefully a big place. If that irritating coworker does come to Christ, at least maybe they'll live a long way away from me. But you know what? By that time, that's not going to matter. That irritation, that irritating aspect of their life is going to be gone. And the, and the great thing is, so is that irritating aspect of your life. It's going to be gone. We're not going to, we're not going to mind. We're not going to be bothered by who we end up living next to in glory. And it's going to be interesting to see who will be there. In glory, because we were there at work. We often don't think about work that way, but we should, because we are serving somebody who gives his reward later and forever. The rewards that we're going to see, we're, we're receiving some rewards from working right now. But the main rewards, the ones that we're really working for, those rewards are coming later. And they're going to last forever. And so let's take seriously these jobs that we have. And remember, kids, we're not just talking about the paid jobs. And remember, parents, I'm not just talking to the kids. Let's take seriously these jobs that we have. And let's remember. One, one, one last verse to look at. 1 Corinthians 15. We'll close with this. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty six. This great chapter 15. When you think 1 Corinthians 15, think resurrection. It's the resurrection chapter. But at the end of it, listen to what he says. After he speaks of the resurrection, which is on our minds every Sunday morning when we're here. Because we're here because of the resurrection. It's resurrection day. Thinking about the resurrection. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, which we've qualified now as all the work that we're doing, right? Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Remember that. It is not in vain. The reward is coming. It's coming later and it's coming forever. And it is going to be great. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you.
uh, for Labor Day. It wasn't our idea. We probably would have never come up with it. But we're thankful for it because it causes us to stop and think. To think of the opportunities that we have in the United States. To think of the progress that we've made. The, the corrections that we've been able to make and that we will be able to make in the future in our country. But more importantly, it reminds me, it causes us to stop and remember that we're all workers. And work is a big deal to you. And you're a great, great rewarder of all of us who work for you. Heavenly Father, please help those who are here this morning or a part of our service this morning who don't know you through faith in Jesus Christ. Help them to know that all the work in the world isn't going to do them any good. There will be no rewards if it's not work for you. And the only way that we can work for you is to know you. Know you to the, to the extent that we know that our work doesn't do us any good in terms of of having our sins forgiven and receiving the gift of eternal life. Help us to remember that that work was completely and only yours. And the only way that we receive it is by believing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And as the Son of God took upon himself all of the sins of all of us who believe, And forgave us of those sins and rose again from the dead and lives today promising to come back to take us to be with you where you are forever. And so Father, we thank you that you have done that work for us in Christ. And now those of us who know you can work for you. Help us to remember that no matter what our work is no matter what our frustration level is, no matter how difficult it gets, help us to remember that we have one master. And it's you, our creator, our savior, our sustainer. And we pray that you would be glorified through our work. As the psalmist prayed for Israel, establish the work of our hands. Make our work count for eternity. Whether it's obeying our parents properly and timely, or whether it's working for a really, really hard boss. Establish the work of our hands that it might bring you glory now and forever. And we thank you for the promise that our work it for you is not in vain. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.